Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we're going to talk about a practical teaching tip that can take worksheets and turn them into engaging activities. I don't know about you, but when I was teaching, I would get a lot of complaints of students who were tired of doing worksheet after boring worksheet. And here's the thing. There is a place for worksheets, for just putting your nose to the grindstone and practicing, especially in math, right? You've got to practice, right? And so there is a place for worksheets. This is not a worksheet shaming uh, podcast, right? I'm not telling you you need to get rid of every worksheet that you've ever done. But here's the question. What if we could take all those worksheets and turn them into engaging activities that truly grabbed and kept our students' focus so that they learned all the skills and practiced all the skills that we wanted them to, um, but in a more engaging way. What if we could do that without spending tons of time and effort creating these activities? Would that be better? I think you'd say, of course, it would be better. And that's what we're going to talk about what to do today. So like I said, meaningful worksheets that help your students practice important skills can still be valuable. So don't feel guilted into eliminating every single worksheet starting tomorrow. All right, that's not realistic. But there's no doubt that the more engaging we can make our learning activities, the more focused our students will be and the better they will learn. And these adaptations will help you do just that. So my encouragement is to listen to all the ideas, try one or two of these activities sometime in the next few weeks. If you like them, gradually incorporate them more and more often over time and watch your students become more and more engaged. Just so you know, you might also want to check out the blog post that accompanies this podcast because I link in the blog post to some videos uh, that help explain some of these strategies in more detail. So if one of them sounds intriguing, but you can't quite wrap your mind around exactly how it would work, I encourage you to head over to the blog post where we have notes written out for you and then some links to some videos and additional resources. So all of that is at teachfortheheart.com slash rethink worksheets. Rethink worksheets. All right, here we go. Number one, first strategy is called reciprocal learning. Here's how it works. So students work in pairs and take turns coaching each other. Each student has his own set of problems and questions, and their partner has the answers. So in other words, student A has the answers to student B's question, and student B has the answer to student A's question. So they have each other's answers. So that's how you start. And then during the activity, students go back and forth coaching each other. So for problem number one, um, you know, student A is working it, student B coaches them through it. Then the next problem, problem two, they switch. Uh, Student B works the problem and student A coaches them through it. And the key to this is to really work with your students and help them understand how to coach each other without just giving the answer. So that takes a little bit of work, but it's well worth it because students actually learn it's a, that's a, that not only is it a great skill, but you're learning at a higher level when you're having to explain and help someone else. So it's really a great activity. Here's how to set it up. 
So the main thing that you need to do to set it up is you need to split your worksheet into two sections. If it's a worksheet that can easily be literally split down the middle, it's got two columns, that's maybe the easiest way to do it. If not, though, uh, you could do something as simple as saying student A is going to work the even, student B is going to work the odds. However you want to split it up, split it up in a way that's easy for you. Next, you have to prepare answer keys for each partner. So an easy way to do this is to print two copies of your answer key or copy them from the book, wherever your answer key is, print or copy two copies. And then white out or cover the answers that shouldn't be on each partner's key. So for student A's key, just you know cover or white out the answers that don't apply to them. Same thing for student B. And then run off enough copies for each group. If you're having students work problems from a book, by the way, that's another option. Uh, you can just have this be problems from a book. So in that case, you can simply write on the board, student A is going to work problems 1, 6, 8, 10, and 12. Student B is going to work these problems or answer these questions. And then all you have to do is provide them with the answer keys to the partners. Once again, this this strategy, if, if you're not completely tracking with this, we explain it in more detail. Uh, there's a there's a video um, from Kulta Pedagogy where she explains it at teachforthehearttcom slash rethink worksheets. All right, number two. Another activity is called showdown. And this activity comes from Kagan Cooperative Learning. In it, students review or practice problems in groups typically of around three or four. So one student in each group is designated the showdown captain, and they read the first question or problem, and all the students write their answer, either just on a sheet of paper or a um, tablet or a personal whiteboard, you know, whatever they're going to use, without letting anyone else see their answer. So everyone writes down the answer that they think it is or they work out the problem. When everyone is ready, the captain shouts showdown, and everyone shows their answer. Students then compare their responses and dis- discuss any discrepancies, figure out who is right. Uh, once that question's done, the next student in the group assumes the responsibility of showdown captain, so everyone takes turns being the captain, and they read question number two. The process continues until either all the questions are answered or time has run out. So how do you set this up? Well, setup for showdown is super easy. You simply choose an existing worksheet or questions from a textbook for students to answer. That's all they need. They just need a worksheet or questions um, or even task cards and any, any place where you've got questions or problems. Then you simply explain the activity to your students and be, be available to intervene and answer questions as needed. Uh, You can also add a little bit of extra fun by having students answer on personal whiteboards. And I link to an example. Um, I use these when I was teaching where each day has their own whiteboard with a dry erase marker and students really enjoy that. You can grab them on Amazon. I link to it at teachfortheheart.com slash rethink worksheets. Number three, uh, quiz, quiz, trade. When I was doing the long-term subposition in high school this past fall, uh, this was one of this kid's favorite activities, and I liked it a lot, too. So here's how it works. Each student starts with one flashcard, and on the flashcard, it contains a question on the front and an answer on the back, or it could even be a problem on the front and an answer, and an answer on the back. Students mix and mingle looking for a partner to quiz. So they just pair up quickly with a partner. They ask each other the questions on their flashcards. So student A asks student B their question. Then student B asks student A their question. So the one person quizzes, then the other person quizzes. Of course, if they don't know the answer, they help each other figure it out. 
Then, after both questions are answered, they trade cards. So, hence the name quiz, quiz, trade. After they've traded, they are no longer partners. They both raise their hands to signal that they're ready for a new partner. They find someone else with a raised hand, pair up with that new partner, and repeat the process. Quiz, quiz, trade, find a new partner. Quiz, quiz, trade, find a new partner until time is up. So how do you set this up? This activity does require flashcards. So you can either make them on your own ahead of time or you can have students make them in class before starting the activity. Now remember, one of the keys to being able to turn boring worksheets into engaging activities is to find ways to do it fast without it taking you forever because you don't have time to spend hours creating these activities, right? So when I was doing, when I tried this activity, what I did, it was not super fast, but it also wasn't horrible, was I took my existing worksheet and I literally cut it up with scissors and taped the different questions onto flashcards, onto just, you know, index cards. So I said, you know, here's question number one goes on this index card. Question number two, I just literally taped them on there. And then I found the answers from the answer key and taped the answers onto the back. So that's one way to do it. And by the way, that's something that you can have a student or a parent or an aide do for you. If you say, you know, here's 20 questions, I want you to make a flashcard, you know, of, of question and answers out of these this this worksheet right here, turn it into flashcards. Uh, that's something that they could totally do. So don't feel like you have to do this on your own. If you don't have someone to help you, another option, though, is to have the students make their own card in class. So this wouldn't necessarily be coming from an existing worksheet, although you could. Um, but you could simply have students say, everyone get out, you know, give everyone just a blank index card and say, get out. I want you to write down one question from what we studied yesterday, right? And they can use their notes, they can use their book, they can make up their own problem, whatever it is, and every student writes their own question, and then they use those for the quiz quiz trade. So that can totally work too. And don't worry if more than one student chooses the same question, it's not a problem. People are mixing and mingling and the same question might come up more than once anyhow. So it's it's not, unless everyone writes the same question down, it's not going to be a problem. So that was number three. Number four is Kahoot. If you haven't tried this, um, if your school uses devices, if it's either a one-to-one school or if students are allowed to have their own um, cell phones or other devices, I highly recommend this game. Here's how it works. It's a fun, fast-paced game where students answer on their own devices in a real-time game show style quiz. Students love it, and it is a great way to practice or review. It's really hard to describe. Basically, you create a quiz of however many questions you want, and then it it happens in real time. The question goes on the screen, and students on their own devices choose, you know, answer A, B, C, or D, and it awards points for whether you got it right, but also how quickly uh, you figured it out, and it keeps track of who has the most points, all in real time. So there's a I linked to a I embedded a video on the blog post that, expl- that explains this a little bit better than I can. You kind of have to see it in action. So if you want to head to teachfortheheart.com/slash/rethinkworksheets, it can show you how to do this. So obviously the one limitation of this is that students do need their own devices, whether it's a computer, a tablet, a smartphone in order for this to work. So you need to have at least close to enough devices for everyone. But if you were to have even, say, half the devices, you know, if you want, you could have people pair up in teams. So you could have two students per device if you wanted to. But more than that, it probably wouldn't work. 
So how do you set it up? Well, first you have to create an account at Kahoot.com. It's K-A-H-O-O-T.com. But here's the nice thing. On Kahoot, uh, they have this huge and growing bank of quizzes that other teachers have created. So chances are you don't have to start from scratch. You can probably find a quiz over the same topic that another teacher has created. And the best news is you can edit it. So you can start with theirs and just tweak it to fit yours. If you do need to create your own, it's not that hard. You simply type in the questions and answers and your Kahoot quiz will be ready relatively quickly. So once again, if you do need to do it on your own, it's not too hard, doesn't take too long. And that's once again, a place where you can enlist a student or parent's help. Number five is the flashcard game. So this is another activity from Kagan Cooperative Learning. And in this activity, students pair up and use flashcards to review in three rounds. The difference, though, is that each pair gets their own set of flashcards. And they they stay with the same partner for the whole game or activity. So in round one, student A uses the flashcards to quiz student B, but they give as many clues as needed for student B to figure out the answer. So they're giving lots of clues and really helping them figure it out. And then they switch. They go through the same set in the other way. Um, then um, for round two, fewer clues are given. So this is very this is particularly helpful for vocabulary, something you're trying to memorize or you know sink down in. For round two, they go through the cards again, taking turns. They they the one goes through the whole set, the one the other goes through the whole set, but they give fewer clues. So only just one or two clues. And if they don't know the answer after those two clues, the card goes back in the stack and they have to try it again, you know, at the end. Finally, in round three, no clues are given. All they get is what's on the card, and they have to try to figure it out. So it's a good rep- repetition. It's really good if, you wanna, if you're working on, like I said, vocabulary. Because it would be a much better alternative than, say, a crossword puzzle, right? <laughs> so to set this up, this activity of all of them probably requires the most setup because you need a set of flashcards for each pair of students, and that can take a long time to create. So to save time... I would consider having students create their own set of cards based off a worksheet or a textbook or their notes. So that's a worthwhile learning activity just in itself, having students create their own set of flashcards, and it can work as a great precursor to the flashcard game. So that way you don't have to make them yourself. Number six are logic puzzles. So in this engaging and brain-stimulating activity, students solve problems or answer questions But when they do, they get clues to help solve the group's logic puzzle. So each student in the group has their own set of problems to solve that provide clues to the group's logic puzzle that they work together. Once all the problems have been solved and all the clues have been revealed, the group works together to solve the logic puzzle. I'll be honest, this one is complicated to set up on your own. So we've created a template for you uh, so that you can take and just plug in your own problems and answers into this template, and it'll be good to go. So head over to teachfortheheart.com slash rethink worksheets to download the logic puzzle activity template. Should work for pretty much any topic. I will say, though, that I would guess that the logic puzzles are probably best suited for students in grades 6 to 10, although it can definitely work with a little younger if they're, if they're, if they're bright and willing to try, and it could work for a little older too, but probably 6 to 10, uh, 6 to 10th grade is probably the sweet spot. Finally, number seven, a group contest. This is the easiest, but what you do, how it works, you add an extra layer of, of engagement to literally 
any worksheet. So you just you have the same worksheet, but you can add an extra level of engagement by making it a group contest where the first group to either get all the answers correct or the group that has the most answers correct at the end of a certain amount of time wins. Here is the key to make this work well. You need to assign certain questions to each student. So for example, if the worksheet has 20 questions and your students are working in groups of four, you might write on the board, student A does numbers one through five. Student B does numbers six through 10, etc. Um, or if it's math, if, if, if they're, that's good if the kind of all 20 questions are, this, are similar type. If they're different types of questions, say like on a math worksheet, you can say student A is going to do number 1, 5, 9, 13, and 17. Student B, 2, 6, 10, 14, and 18. Like you can you can stack it that way as well where they do like every fifth problem or every fourth problem is theirs. Just simply write on the board which numbers go with A, B, student A, student B, student C, student D. Now, why are we doing that? Well, with this method... Each student feels personal responsibility for their problems. And even though the group is there to work together and help each other, that's the point, right? They're supposed to be able to ask each other questions. They're supposed to be able to help each other. But with this method, each student feels personal responsibility. They can't just sit by and watch the rest of the group work and be like, oh, I didn't try any of mine, right? Um, So it helps get everyone involved. Setup for this one, super easy. There's pretty much no setup. All you have to do is divide your class into groups, hand out the worksheet. Um, The only thing you really have to do is plan which student is going to do which problems. That's it. So a couple final tips uh, to make these activities take a bit less work and go a bit more smoothly. Number one, always print and save an extra copy of the activity. Um, Then next year, you can repeat the activity with almost zero prep. So in many of these cases, you're kind of writing stuff out by hand or you're compiling flashcards or things like that. So when you're done with the activity, uh, well, if it's a flashcard activity, make sure you collect the flashcards when you're done, rubber band them, keep them for next year. If it's an activity where you're, you know, creating worksheets like the reciprocal learning, um, or, uh, you know, showdown, things like that, uh, or the group logic puzzle, once you've filled it out and gotten it ready, make an extra copy as to keep as your master copy for next year. And then the next year, all you'll have to do is run off copies. Number two, engage help. Like we said, I mentioned this a few times, but since the questions and answers, in most cases, you're ba- you're turning an existing worksheet or textbook set of questions into an activity, the hard work of coming up with the questions and answers is already done. That means that you can enlist help from a student, from a parent, or an aide for the busy work of setting up the activity. So don't take this all on yourself. Get someone to help um, with this busy work and you'll be able to do these types of activities way more often. Final tip, invest time into explaining and practicing the procedures for each act. Activity. If things aren't going right, uh, don't just blame, you know, don't say, oh, I'm never doing this again. Um, stop and correct things before they go off the rails. Okay, so st- that's just the point is 
all of these activities, if you just say, all right, here's what we're going to do, and you give it to the students, and you just let it run amok, it will probably run amok, okay? So you have to be very careful. You have to carefully teach the procedures. You need to stop and correct as needed. You need to redirect students. You need to be clear on what they're supposed to be doing. So it's going to take some work on your part, but you should be available to be walking around, to be engaged with students. It's going to take them some time. Um, and it's going to take some insistence on your part uh, that they actually engage in the game, uh, the activity, rather not the game, the activity in the correct way. But it is beyond worth it. And I hope, um, and, and so that's my encouragement there, especially if you find an activity that you like. So if your students like Kahoot or they like Quiz Quiz Trade or you're really finding that Showdown works well for you, well, you invest the time up front into really teaching them how to do the activity correctly. And then every time you do that activity, if you do it, you know, once a week or, you know, t- twice a month or whatever it is, every time for the rest of the year, they'll know what they're doing when that activity comes up and it'll go so much more smoothly. I hope these ideas have been helpful once again. The extra videos, uh, the resources, the links, they're all at teachfortheheart.com slash rethink worksheets. And if you found this, uh, these ideas helpful, I hope you'll share that article um, with some friends or colleagues. Thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.